to Exploring Middle Earth. Uh, my name's Jay, and sitting across from me, and the other voice you will hear in a few seconds, is Grant. Say hi, Grant. Hi. Yes, that's Grant over there. Um, today we are talking about um, Arnor, which uh, is a city that you hear more about. Um, King- kingdom. Uh, kingdom, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sorry. <laughs> sorry, it's, man. It's okay, man. It's a kingdom. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is a new kind of like i guess series we're starting uh because we just finished the children of Feanor. yeah yeah Feanor. um and we're starting with this kingdom we might talk about more kingdoms but we got some listener recommendations that we'll uh follow through on but um deliver on our promises yeah yep yep so grant's gonna start off first if you were wondering what's uh, arnor Grant's going to tell you, yeah. and then I'll tell you a little more. Yeah, so uh, the Lost Realm of Arnor was one of the um, the two kingdoms that were founded by the uh, the Numenorians in exile from after the downfall of Numenor at the end of the Second Age, or towards the end. And uh, Arnor was the more northern realm, and uh, its name meant um, uh, Land of the King, or the king's land. So yeah. R, that part, means noble or king or something like that. You'll see it on the Argonath or Arpharazon, yeah. Armenelos. It, it has something to do with a uh, person of high power. And then Nor or uh, Nore um, is kind of like a translation of a Quenya word, which means land or region. And then Gondor is almost the same thing, but Gon means stone and Dor means land. So it means stone land because it's very mountainous. So... First, I'm going to read. Actually, what I'm I'm reading like three or four passages, but they're all like from the same section in the appendix, appendix A, and it just follows like paragraph from paragraph, but I'm just like splitting them up. Okay. So it all works out. Thanks for doing that, Grant. You're welcome. Grant's I got d- a really fancy edition of I got a fat book, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. yeah so this is from uh, appendix A. Um, which is uh, about, like, the rulers and kings. So this is in the, the third section called Eriador Arnor and the Heirs of Isildur. Eriador was of old the name of all the lands between the Misty Mountains and the Blue. In the south it was bounded by the Grey Flood and the Glanduin that flows into it above Tharbad. At its greatest, Arnor included all of Eriador, except the regions beyond the Loon and the lands east of Grey Flood and Loudwater, in which lay Rivendell and Holland. Beyond the loon was elvish country, green and quiet, where no men dwelt. But the dwarves dwelt, and still dwell, in the east side of the Blue Mountains, especially in those parts south of the Gulf of Loon, where they have mines that are still in use. For this reason they were ac- accustomed to pass east along the Great Road, as they have done for long years before we came to the Shire. At the Grey Havens dwelt Círdan the shipwright, and some say he dwells there still, until the last ship set sail to the west. In the days of the kings, most of the high elves that still lingered in Middle-earth dwelt with Círdan, or in the seaward lands of Linden. If any now remain, they are few. So, um, if you couldn't tell, the uh, the passage mentions we, mm-hmm. like when we first came there. It's cause, that's because most of the appendices is written from the point of view of the hobbits that traveled with Frodo. It's either Frodo or Sam or Merry or Pippin, <laughs> one of the four. Yeah. Um, or even Bilbo, actually. I don't know. I think it's one of the four younger ones, though. Um, yeah, so they're kind of talking about that. So it's just kind of like a description of the geography of uh, Eriador and 
Arnor, I guess, because Arnor includes most of that. So, um, and the official bounds of Arnor were, um, like it said, to the Gulf of Loon, which beyond that was Linden, and then east to the Grey Flood and Loudwater, uh, which Rivendell and uh, Eregion lay to the other part. Um, and to the north, it extended, it likely extended just south of the land surrounding the Ice Bay of Forakel, which you can see on most maps. And to the south, it mingled with the borderlands of Gondor, which was known as the Enidwaith. Um, so, yeah. When Arnor was founded, which was in the late Second Age, um, much of Eriador was covered in forests and woodlands uh, with wide grasslands here and there. And there were many lines of hills that dotted the northern regions, including the Far Downs, the Tower Hills, the South Downs. I'm just kind of naming a few here and there. Weather Hills stuff like that there's a lot of hills yeah um and in the third age after many years of previous numenorean logging many of the forests were laid bare and gave way to more grasslands and rolling downs um the main settlements of arnor were anuminas which meant i think um like tower of the sunset or something like that um or tower of the west i don't know something like that you know mm-hmm. and it's gotta uh be something something uh, Fornost Arain. Fornost meaning northern fortress. I don't know uh, what Arain means, but. Um, and then there's Bree, which we've heard of. And then the uh, three smaller villages surrounding Bree, which would be Archit, Staddle, and Combe. And then there was Tharbad, which is in ruins by the time of Lord of the Rings. There's also Lant Dyer. And there's Amon Sul, which is Weathertop. And then there's also the Elven Tower of Elostirian. And then. Uh, yeah, Arnor was also called the North Kingdom besides being called Arnor, uh, which referred, referred to the High King Elendil at the time. So now I'm going to start with the founding of Arnor. So this kind of follows a little bit of Elendil and Numenor. Um, and before the exiled Numenorians settled permanently in the lands of Eriador, it was first home to many middlemen, uh, which were those that were distantly related to the Adine of the First Age. Um, and they didn't pass over the uh, Blue Mountains like the Adine did. Mm-hmm. Um, many of these were settled in Breland, and after Numenor began to establish settlements and colonies in Eriador, they began to mingle with these middlemen. And so the faithful of Numenor actually preferred Eriador for its climb and its location adjacent to the elves of Linden and Rivendell. Because, you know, they're friends. Yeah. yeah. And uh, after the downfall of Numenor, which was because of Sauron and, oh, no. and Pride... Pretty much. Who's pride? Pride b- goes before the fall. Pride, pride, pride cometh before the fall. Yeah. Should I um, that? I don't know. <laughs> uh, Elendil led his people to the north in Eriador, while his two sons Isildur and Anarion went south to uh, found Gondor. Um, Elendil establishes Arnor and Eriador in the late Second Age in the year thirty three twenty, and he resides by Lake Evendim in the city of Anuminas. So that's the capital. Um, he quickly made friends and alliances with the elves of Linden and Rivendell, having you know previously made contact with them, and the mixed people of Middlestock and Numenorean blood accepted him as king. So there you go. Um, now we get to kind of the last part of the wo- uh, the Second Age, which was the War of the Last Alliance. Um, so in the late Second Age, uh, Sauron resurfaced in Mordor after kind of falling during uh, the downfall of Numenor. 
and he begins to assail the fledgling kingdom of Gondor, which is right next to Mordor. Arnor, of course, was allied with Gondor, its sister kingdom, and aided it in any way it could. But Sauron's power was still too great for the last remnant of Numenor, um, which was kind of funny because Numenor, when they first attacked Sauron, he surrendered because they were so mighty. But they couldn't take him down just a small little sliver. So, yeah. Um, and then in the Second Age, 3430, uh, Arnor joins forces with High King Gilgalad and Linden, and they gather other followers as they march towards Mordor to the aid of Gondor in what is known as the Last Alliance of Elves and Men. So they begin to battle in the plains known afterward as Daggerlad, which you can also see on the map right above Mordor. And they also lay siege to Mordor for many years following their little small victory in the plains. Um, and also the... The battle that took place in the Daggerlad, uh, many of the dead bodies were buried in that marshy area next to it, which became oh, yeah, the Dead Marshes. Insane. Yeah, yeah, that's and then cool. Their bodies uh, kind of stayed there because of, I guess, magic. I don't know. <laughs> I always thought that was cool. Yeah, good on Tolkien for that. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, uh, Barad-dûr, which was the Dark Tower uh, in Mordor, was besieged, and eventually, in desperation, Sauron himself came out to fight. Uh, which normally the Dark Lords are kind of cowards. You know, Morgoth also does the same thing. He mm-hmm. just kind of stays in his dungeons. Um, uh, Narian is uh, the second son of Elendil. He's slain during this battle, and both Elendil and Gilgalad uh, fight Sauron in hand-to-hand combat. Um, uh, Gilgalad with his spear, Iglos, and Elendil with his sword, Narsil. Um, and... Elendil and Gilgalad die, but they also um, pretty much take out Sauron. Mm-hmm. Um, and Isildur comes to his father's aid, but he's dead, so too late. Um, <sighs> but he cuts the One Ring from Sauron's hand, as we all know. You know the story. Yeah. And then he vanquishes uh, Sauron's form, uh, physical form from Middle-earth for some time, and the war is now over, and pretty much the Second Age is over too. So now I will transition to the Third Age very early mm-hmm. third age which what are most most people would call like dark days mm-hmm. or the middle days so Isildur remains in Gondor for a few years to reestablish peace and order within Gondor and he also kind of um advises Anarion's son so his nephew um to be the next king of Gondor and Isildur moves north to become the next high king of Ar- Arnor <laughs> I almost said uh Anor Anor <laughs> I think Anor, or Anor is like the sun or something like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know how it is. Um, but yeah, uh, here's another story that probably a lot of people would know. Uh, Isildur is kind of ambushed by the Gladi, f- Gladi, <laughs> Gladi <laughs> by the Gladden Fields, um, by the Great River, and uh, he was betrayed by the One Ring, and it made him visible again. Yeah. And uh, he was shot and killed. Classic. Um, and Isildur's sons also die in this conflict, but a few survivors flee. Uh, to Rivendell, where Isildur's youngest son, Valendil, was staying during the wartime, because uh, he was also too young. Mm-hmm. Um, then Valendil becomes the next king of Arnor in the uh, year Third Age 10. Um, but he's, he's, he's technically high king over Arnor and Gondor, but because they have now um, kind of separate lineages, uh, they, he doesn't really have power over Gondor, but he just kind of keeps it out of formality. It's kind of like a the uh the royal family yeah pretty much yeah, yeah. they're called kings and queens but Re- rest in yeah. peace the queen yeah rip yeah. yeah so anyways uh 
After the War of the Last Alliance, the men of Arnor suffered heavy losses, and they never uh, fully recovered, <laughs> recovered quite like Gondor did, because Gondor kind of got back on its feet, and mm-hmm. they they actually kind of flourished, but Arnor was more of like they slowly dwindled throughout the years, so never got back on track. Yeah. Um, so, and then the heirs of and kings of Arnor following a sealed door in Balandil from father to son in unbroken line are Eldakar, Arantar, Tarkil, Tarandor, Valandor, Elendor, and Eärendor, who is the last king of Arnor. Um, so now I will read another passage beginning my next section, King Eärendor and the Downfall of Arnor. So... If that doesn't foreshadow anything, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, man. This is exciting. Yeah. So now this is like literally the paragraph after what I read earlier. So you can follow along, I guess. Yeah. Not if you're driving, though. Please follow the car behind in front of you if you're driving. Yeah. yeah. Keep your eyes on the road. So, um, yeah. So this is a part of the section um, that I was just reading uh, right under the North Kingdom and then Dunedain. After Elendil and Isildur, there were eight high kings of Arnor. After Eärendor, owing to dissensions among his, son, <laughs> among his sons, their realm was divided into three, Arthedain, Rudaur, and Cardolan. Arthedain was in the northwest and included the land between Brandywine and Loon, and also the land north of the Great Lotus. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, Grant. <laughs> the Great Lode. <laughs> of the Great Road as far as the Weather Hills. <laughs> the Great Lode sounds so bad. Um Rudaur was in the northeast and lay between the Etmores, the Weather Hills, and the Misty Mountains, um, but it also included the angle between the Horwell and the Loudwater Rivers. Cardolan was in the south, its bounds being the Brandywine, the Grey Flood, and the Great Road, or as we call it here, the Great Lode. <laughs> um, in Arthedine, the line of Isildur was maintained and endured, but the line soon perished in Cardolan and Rudaur. There was often strife between the kingdoms, which hastened the waning of the Dunedain, which uh, Dunedain are basically the exiled Numenorians. Um, and the chief matter of debate was the possession of the Weather Hills and the land uh, westward towards Bree. Both Rudaur and Cardolan desired to possess a Mansul, which is Weathertop, um, which stood on the borders of their realms, for the Tower of Amansul held the chief palantir of the north, and the other two were both in the keeping of Arthedain. So obvi- that was a very big... Um, kind of uh conflict of interest because they all wanted that palantir because with the palantir they're able to communicate over long distances which Mm -hmm. is pretty pretty handy so uh yeah so there's that whole thing um and like it said uh after many long years the blood of the dunedain kind of waned in arnor and uh they kind of mixed with more middlemen from like Bree and surrounding areas oh the burps are starting that's okay, Grant. Dang. Um, okay. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, and then tensions were high between the different regions, especially among the eastern regions, where many hillmen dwelt rather than the Dunedain. And uh, these hillmen were kind of like, I guess they were related to the Dunlendings that you meet in uh, at the Battle of Helm's Deep. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know if you've met them. I Maybe. Yeah. But anyways, um, so King Eärendor, uh, he was the last uh, high king of Arnor and uh, well, not really Gondor, but, you know, uh, okay. he, he died in the third age, 861, and a civil war broke out among Arnor and the battle for the throne was fought between his three sons. Like I was saying, uh, the eldest, his name was Amleth, 
uh, he claimed himself to be king, but he instead just became king of the western petty kingdom called Arthedain, um, which means something along the lines of the high Adain or the high people. Uh, not that kind of high. Mm-hmm. Um, the other two sons founded the more eastern uh, realms of Cardolin and Rudar. And at this point, the capital of Arnor, which was Anuminas, is moved to Fornasta Rhine in the North Downs, um, which is held by Arthedain. Um, yeah, so now we'll kind of get into more of the those petty realms. Um, Arthedain was held to be the true successor to Arnor, as the eldest line of father to son was still unbroken there, and that's where Aragorn comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, however, among Cardolin and Rudar, many of the lines became broken and were replaced by kings of the Hillmen, and uh, like I said, descendants of those who were called Dunlendings. Um, and these three petty realms would often fight for control over Eriador and especially over the Weather Hills and Weathertop, like uh, it said. Um, and also because um, near Debris, which was a major trading settlement, there was that major highway that kind of went east and west and then the one that went north and south. So that was a big part of it, too. Yeah. Yeah. For sure, dude. For sure, man. Yeah. And then so now we'll kind of get to the last few sections that I want to talk about uh, of early Arnor or technically now Arnor is gone. But um, this is the early wars with Angmar and the Barrow Downs. So now I go into the uh, Here you go. next section, the next paragraph. The third paragraph. Of, the next chunk of paragraphs right after what I just read. Okay, so it was in the beginning of the reign of Malvagil, uh, who was the king of Arthedain, that evil came to Arnor. For at that time, the realm of Angmar arose in the north beyond the Etten Moors, its lands lay on both sides of the mountains, and there were gathered many evil men, and orcs, and other fell creatures. The lord of that land was known as the Witch King, but it was not known until later that he was indeed the chief of the Ringwraiths, who came north with the purpose of destroying the Dúnedain in Arnor, seeing hope in their disunion while Gondor was strong. In the days of Argeleb, son of Malvagil, since no descendants of Isildur remained in the other kingdoms, the kings of Arthedain again claimed the lordship of all Arnor. This claim was resisted by Rudaur. There were Dúnedain, or there the Dúnedain were few, and power had been seized by an evil lord of the Hillmen, who was in secret league with Angmar. Argeleb therefore fortified the Weather Hills, but he was slain in battle with Rudaur and Angmar. So Arveleg, son of Argeleb, don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. Um, with the help of Cardolan and Linden drove back his enemies from the hills, and for many years Arthedain and Cardolan held in force a frontier along the Weather Hills, the Great Road, and the Lower Horwell River. It is said that at this time Rivendell was also besieged. Um, a great host came out of Angmar in 1409 of the Third Age, and crossing the river entered Cardolan and surrounded Weathertop. The Dúnedain were defeated and Arvaleg was slain. The Tower of Amonsul was burned and razed but the Palantir was saved and carried back in retreat to Fornost. Rudaur was occupied by evil men subject to Angmar, and the Dúnedain that remained there slain or fled west. Cardolin was ravaged, and Arafor, son of Arvaleg, um, was not yet full-grown, but he was valiant, and with aid from Círdan, he repelled the enemy from Fornost and the North Downs. A remnant of the faithful among the Dúnedain of Cardolin also held out in Tyr and Gorthad, which were the Barrow Downs or took refuge in the forest behind. So that was one of the longer sections. But I, okay, got it. I got it. I got Only it down. Only one more. Yeah. So um, 
as I just read, uh, the next few hundred years kind of consisted of fighting um, with the Witch King um, and the realm of Angmar and then Rudaur as well. And um, uh, King Argaleb I reunites Arthodyne and Cardolan um, into kind of like a lesser Arnor uh, to fight against these opposing kingdoms. Um, and Argaleb was killed in battle, like I said, uh, in the Third Age, 1356. And Argaleb's son, Arvalek, led the counterattack um, with help from Linden and Cardolan. And in 1409, Angmar attacked the fortification at Weathertop and captured it, uh, killing King Arvalek I in the process, as well as the last prince of Cardolan, who was buried in the Barrow Downs um, and was likely one of the Barrow Whites. Because of this victory, Angmar took control of Cardolan, and Arthodyne stood alone amongst a sea of enemies. So now I've got my last little reading paragraph, which my book just closed on me. So, And this is kind of like the little last paragraph uh, of what I just read. Mm-hmm. So now we are getting into maybe, maybe some familiar territory. Yes. So... It is said that Angmar was four times subdued by the elven folk coming from Linden and from Rivendell, for Elrond brought help over the mountains out of Lorien. It was at this time that the Stores that had dwelt in the Angle between Horwell and Loudwater fled west and south because of the wars and the dread of Angmar, and because the land and climb of Eriador, especially in the east, worsened and became unfriendly. Some returned to Wilderland and dwelt beside the Gladden, becoming a riverside people of fishers. So just from that little uh, tidbit right there, that's a fun word to say. Tidbit? tidbit? Yeah. Just from that little uh, tidbit, we know that the first hobbits, who were the stewards, um, came into Eriador and began to settle in the lands, uh, at first in the angle between those two rivers and then in Breeland. Um, and then some went back over to Wilderland or Rovanion into the Vales of Anduin, and those became uh, Gollum's people. Um, and then the... Uh, hobbits that did end up living in Breland stayed there for w- quite a while. Um, yeah, so it was during this war-ridden time that a peaceful people called the Hobbits, which is what they called themselves, migrated um, to Bree and um, fleeing from war, they came across the river Brandywine. Um, and the first two Hobbits, were, they were Hobbit brothers uh, from Bree, to cross the Brandywine and settle in the region were called Marco and Blanco, which means, uh, it means like mare or like horse and then white horse. Um, which one is which? Blanco is white horse. Oh, okay. Yeah. That kind of makes sense. That makes sense, yeah. yeah. Um, Marco yeah, so it was, it was, it once belonged to the King of Arnor, uh, and it was used as hunting grounds cause it was kind of, it was just like rolling hills, grasslands and woodlands, um, and it was pretty fertile as well. There's a lot of streams and stuff. Um, but yeah, so the two Hobbit brothers kind of settled in that region. A lot of Hobbits followed afterwards. Um, and when they established the colony, it was uh, 1601 of the Third Age. Um, so that's like, see, about 400,000. Long time. It's like, yeah, it's like, 1400 plus years before uh frodo so it's it's yeah. a while frodo's um, 
not even a thought in any hobbit's mind yeah. yet. Uh, and yeah, th- so this land was deserted for a while. Um, but they, they did gain permission. They asked, you know, they, it's a polite thing they're to good, ask. You know, they're good people. But yeah, they got permission from King Argaleb the second. So not the first Argaleb who died, but, um, Argaleb the second to settle there. And they placed themselves under the service of the King of Arthodine. Um, and these hobbits also took their loyalty very seriously. And they even sent some of, uh, their archers to the battles against Angmar never to return oh no and so yeah that's that's just a a weird place to end on sorry that was morbid but yeah and then Jay's trying to fix his mic um Jay it's it's come to my understanding that uh you don't have any trivia for me no but I've got I can come up with some I'll come up with some but I've got trivia for you okay I'm ready are you ready yes okay the youngest son of Isildur shares the same name with Isildur's friend on the Rings of Power show. What is the name? Oh, um, I don't know. It starts, does it start with an A? No, it's got two A's in it. I had no idea. I can't remember. <laughs> Valendil. Valendil. Yeah. Dang. Were you thinking of maybe like Antamo? Yeah. Yeah. Is Val- Valendil in the Rings of Power the curly-haired yeah. guy? Yeah, he okay. becomes like the lieutenant or something like that. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. All right, second one. Uh, I'm not looking for a name, but who was the last Prince of Cardolan, and when do we meet him during the Lord of the Rings books? What do you, what do you mean? You're not looking for a name? No, but who was he? Was he the Witch King of Angmar? No. Okay. Um, then I don't know. <laughs> uh, he becomes one of the Barrow Whites in the Barrow Downs. Oh. Yeah. Kind of close. Yeah. He's kind of close. The the tomb the tomb that the hobbits get captured in uh, is the tomb of the last prince of Cardoland, mm. which is kind of interesting. Yeah. yeah. I really thought you were going to ask. Wait, is that all the questions you have? Yep, just two. I thought you were going to ask who were the first two hobbits to cross oh. the river. That I was trying to remember Marco and Blanco. Yeah. Well, that was, I was thinking about doing that as a trivia question, but I thought that was like very recent. That I would yeah. be talking about, so I was like, I'm gonna give him a hard one. Yeah, but you said that, and I was like, that's got to be a question. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's all I've got for my long few sections. So I went through geography and etymology of Arnor, um, the founding of Arnor, the War of the Last Alliance, Valendil and the heirs of Isildur, uh, uh, King Eärendil and the downfall of Arnor, which includes Arthedain, Cardolan, and Rudar, and early wars with Angmar. And then the founding of the Shire. And you did a good job. Thank you. And uh, we're going to take an ad break, and then I'm going to pick up where Grant left off. Sick. Hey, everyone. Have you been wondering where you can see the behind the scenes of this podcast or correct us when we inevitably get something wrong on the podcast? Well, I'm here to let you know. You can find us on Instagram at exploringmiddle underscore earth or on Twitter at expmiddleearth. If you don't want to look those up, links to both of those will be in the show notes. Okay, everybody, welcome back uh, from that little ad break. Um, hope you enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. You know, so I just got d- done talking about kind of the early days of Arnor and then the uh, division of Arnor. And so Jay's going to pick up uh, right where I left off, pretty much. Yeah. So we're going to start. Have at l- it. Yeah. We're going to start on a little downer with the Great Plague. Um, yeah. So uh, Shire's founded and everything. And then, boom, a plague comes. So the Great Plague 
was also known as the Dark Plague, was a deadly plague that spread to the east, er, from the east into Rovanian, Gondor, and Eriador during the Third Age. Um, and it began in Rune, which is to the east. Um, and there's something interesting. I was like, I wonder how this compares to the Black Death or the Black Plague, which is which is real. This mm-hmm. this is not Middle Earth. Mm. This is real life. Um, <coughs> and uh, according to Tolkien Gateway, the result of the plague was possibly hundreds of thousands of lives. Dang. And then, do you have any idea how many people died in the Black Death? Oh, it's got to be like. Like a milli. 25 million. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> 25 million. Yeah, that's close That's enough. a lot, dude. So, rip to all those people. Sorry about that. I didn't do anything, but uh, that's just sad. Yeah, right, yeah. <sighs> yeah. So, okay, so the Black Death. Or, no, but <laughs> the, no. The Dark Plague. The Great Plague. Um, I'm going to quick read a little section about it. This is my only section, so don't freak out, guys. I'm only reading a little today. Sweet. Um, this is from the Unfinished Tales um, from Kirion and L- L- A-Roll. E-Roll. I wanted to say Elrond for some reason. Oh. Kirion and... Oh, E-Roll. E-Roll. That's a hard word to say, but... E-Roll. That's like the first king of yeah. Rohan. It's only four letters, and it's E-Roll. That seems like... E-Roll. Yeah. Usually four-letter words... Are uh, easy. Are easy. One yeah. syllable. Dang. But this is E-Roll. That's three. Okay. Dang. So this is... Yeah, this is from Unfinished Tales. Kirion and E-Roll. Um... The waning of the Northmen of Ravanian began with the Great Plague, which appeared there in the winter of the year 1635 of the Third Age, <clears throat> and soon spread to, spread to Gondor. In Gondor, the mortality was great, especially among those who dwelt in the cities. It was greater in Ravanian, for those for though its people lived mostly in open and, and had no great cities, the plague came with cold winter, when horses and men were driven into shelter, and their low wooded houses and stables were thronged. Moreover, they were little skilled in the arts of healing and medicine, of which much was still known in Gondor, preserved from the wisdom of, the, of Numenor. When the plague passed, it is said that more than half of the folk of Ravanian had perished in th- of their horses also. So a lot of, a lot of people died, and a lot of horses yeah. died. But Mostly yeah. the horses I'm worried about. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Um, so, yeah, it was uh, during the winter of 1635 is when the plague started. Um, it was brought from the east, and it was, um, I don't think it's ever confirmed, but it was, uh, it was, people said, hey, that's probably Sauron doing that. Probably. Because it's evil, you know, and yeah. all the evils are like, that's got to be that Sauron guy. Definitely. Yeah, so, um, the Shire folk were damaged by it, but not heavily. Um, and it lost its strength, um, it lost its strength so much, much of the Arthiodane was unaffected. Is it Dane or Dine? Dine. Arthiodine. Arthiodine was unaffected. <coughs> and the two realms of, of ex- in exile eventually suspected uh, that these disasters might be coordinated by a single power. Um, and uh, the Council of Gondor refused the reunification uh, and crowned King Ari- Arinil II. Um, oh yeah, it's one of those like weird... Arianil, Arianil, yeah, yeah, who maintained good relations with Arnor, uh, promising its aid against Angmar, uh, but Arnor's strength was fast dwindling, um, and so then, uh, in Third Age, nineteen seventy-three, 
It's weird to say it like that because that just sounds like a regular yeah, year. Yeah, like 1973. So in 73, uh, yeah. Yeah, back in 73. <laughs> back in 73, the king... Um, Sent a message to Gondor that Ingmar was preparing its final assault, and Arinil mustered a great uh, force to Linden, but it was too late. Dang. Didn't arrive on time. So now we're going to move on to the fall of the Arthiodane. <clears throat> so in 74, um, the final chapter of the Arthiodane's history began. That's Third Age, 1974. Oh, gotcha. Um, the Witch King attacked during the harsh winter weather um, in the capital... capital of Fornost uh, fell, and the remaining remaining Arnorian forces were driven over the Loon Loon River into Linden. Um, and Arvi Arvidu die. How do you spell it? A R V. Oh, it's the U I is the U I is supposed to be pronounced like the the U I in ruin. Ruin. So it's Arvidua. 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 That's a cool name. Yeah. So, or, I mean, it's this is not technically right, but it's easier to say. You could say Arvidui. Arvidui. What was the first one? Arvidua? Arvidua. Arvidua. Yeah, because if, like, just imagine that there's an N at the end, so mm-hmm. it would be kind of like ruin, so it would be Arviduin. Arviduin. So it would be Arvidua. Arvidua. Yeah. That makes sense. So, but yeah, so all UIs in, in like, Elvish for, like, Middle Earth is like that. Ua. Ua. Yeah. That's weird, dude, but to each their own. Yeah, yeah. So Arvidua fled to Forochel, where his son Arianath informed Curidan at the Grey Havens about the disaster. You guys all know who Curidan is if you've listened to our previous episodes. Um, Curidan's sailors event- were eventually unable to rescue um, Arduviel, Arduvian, Arduvii. How do you say it? I already forgot. Arvidua. Arvidua. Yeah. Sorry, guys. My apologies. <laughs> they were unable to rescue Arvidua. Um, and Malbeth, the seer's prophecy at his birth that he would be the last king of Arthedain, Arthedain was fulfilled, and they were gone. Dang. <clears throat> so now there's a shadow or showdown. There was a shadow. Yeah, but we're not talking about yeah. that. There's a showdown with Angmar. So the Gondorian naval forces eventually landed in the Grey Havens, um, and then that's where the most powerful army seen in the north of Middle Earth in centuries came from. From those ships. Um, so the remnants of Arnor would later join forces uh, with Círdan and Erinur uh, in the greatest joint elf man army since War of the Last Alliance. Elf dash man, not elf man. No, elf man. Elf man. It's like a Elrond. Elrond. Yeah. Um, so this great host of the West marched northwards towards the Arnorian capital, Fornos. Oh, I figured out what Fornos means. Fornos, so yeah. Fornos means it means, uh, yeah, north like north uh, uh, fortress, but then the Orion part is the plural for the Sindarin word of kings. So it's um, north fortress of the kings, oh, and then cool. the hobbits call it Norbury of the kings. So it has essentially the same meaning. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah, so Fornos, uh, which is where the Witch King was. Uh, and so they confidently marched their forces up to meet him in the open. I mean, the host attacked him from the hills of the Evendim, and a large battle broke out. <coughs> Sorry, guys, I had to clear my throat. That's all good, man. Uh, the cavalry under Erinur pernu- uh, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> pursued what remained of Ang- 
Angmar's forces, and we're joined by the Elven force under Glorfindel from Rivendell. Good old Glorfindel. Good old Glorfindel. We talk about him in previous episodes, haven't we? I think just a little bit, yeah. Yeah. Nothing so major so if far. You, if you've listened to our episodes and you aren't really sure who it is, don't worry. We'll get we'll get we'll to get there. Yeah. Um, so then Ingmar fell and the Witch King fled. He was out of there. Um, so both Arth- Arthiadain and Ingmar were destroyed, and the Dúnedain of Arnor created new homes in the angle of the South Riven- of South Rivendell. Um, but Ar- Arnath perceived that his people had become too few after continuing wars to reestablish the realm. Some men survived in Bree and other villages, while the hobbits survived in the Shire and Bree. And in the Shire, they chose the Thane among them, Thane among themselves, to replace the fallen king, which was in uh, 1979. Uh, so right wow, before the crazy. 80s, right before yeah. the crazy 80s. Um, and the Shire remained a minor but independent political unit. So yeah, they. It's so weird to hear the Shire described as a minor but independent political unit. Yeah, but that's what it is. But man. it's the Shire, man. Yeah. Oh, hi, Finn. So now we're going to talk about some cool guys. Cool. And you'll know who they are. Well, you'll know who one of them are. The Rangers of the North. Oh. Arnath, uh, instead of calling himself king or prince, assumed the title chieftain and took his dwindling people, now secretive wanderers who traveled from place to place in Eriador. His son, Arahel, uh, grew up safely in Rivendell under the care of Elrond, which was a tradition that uh, they continued through the rest of the Third Age. Um, in Elrond was also brought the heirlooms of the House of Isildur, uh, the scepter of Anonymous? Anonymous? Yeah, Anonymous. Anonymous. Oh, yeah. that was really close. Dude. It was. Yeah. Proud of myself, dude. Yeah, and then he also brought the Ring of Bar here, the Shards of Narsil, and the Star of Elendil. We've talked about the Ring of Bar here before. Yeah. Star yeah. of Elendil, that's his dad. Elrond's dad, right? Isn't Elendil his dad? No. Who? What's his dad's name? Eärendil. Eärendil. Close. Dang. Yeah. I just saw Star yeah. in a Elendil. Uh, Eärendil means, like, friend of the sea. And then Elendil means friend of the elves. Oh, okay. So that, that little last part, Endil, mm-hmm. uh, means friend. I should have known. Yeah. I'm so dumb. Uh, thus, through them, the royal house of Isildur was maintained successfully from father to son for a millennium. Success. Yes. And there were 16 chieftains in direct descent under many perils in Eridor, and many of the chieftains died premature death. Dang. Um, and one of them was Arathorn II, or Arathorn II, who was slain by orcs raiding the area. So the Dúnedain survived in the shadows, waiting for better day for the better day when the kingdom would be reborn. That would be in the time of Aragorn on May 1st, sec- Third Age, 3019. I guess technically looking at it, in the way you pronounce like elvish words, I think it would be Arathorn, which would mean it would be Aragorn, not Aragorn. Yeah, that, well, because I said Arathorn, and then I was like, wait, that's not right. Because, because it makes sense to say Arathorn. Mm-hmm. So I think it should be Aragorn. But I think it's just the way it was pronounced in the movies, maybe, has just influenced people's way of saying Aragorn every time. Dang. Because it's easier to pronounce or, like, flows off the tongue easier, you know? Yeah, because it would be a- Arathorn, not yeah. Arathorn. That's weird. But then Aragorn sounds weird. Aragorn sounds better. Yeah. You know what? Let's... Let's change the. Let's do it right right yeah. here right now. We're starting a revolution. Yeah, we're starting a revolution. Aragorn. We're, it's gonna be Aragorn, King. son of Arathorn. Aragorn, son of Arathorn. Get it in your heads, people. This is a revolution waiting to happen. Yes, everybody, 
we're to take to the streets and tell everybody that yeah. it's Aragorn. We're going to be looking at, you know, like 15 years in the future and people are going to be calling him Aragorn. Like everyone is going to be calling him Aragorn and they're going to be like, yeah. you know, where did that start? I thought everybody used to call, you know, in the movies they said Aragorn. And we can look right back here at this podcast and say this is yeah. where it started. If the Rings of Power ever makes it that far, then we're going to make sure they say Aragorn. Yeah. Not Aragorn. We'll we'll call them. Yeah. We'll call them for you guys. We'll call up Jeff. If he's still alive, I don't know. I don't he's like in his 50s. I don't know. Yeah, but Fif- I don't know. 15 years from he now. He could be he could know. be just like a chieftain in Die Premature Death. Well, <sighs> I'm not calling it, guys. Okay. Not calling it. For legal reasons that was a joke. But yes, Aragorn. Yeah, Aragorn. Yeah, We're we saying Aragorn. Yeah. Because I misspoke. And then did I? Misspake? Did he sp- did he misspeak? So yeah. Aragorn came back and he was he became king and they're like, Heck yeah, dude, we're back. We're back in business. We're back, baby. Yeah, so there was the War of the Ring, which you guys all know about if you have read The Lord of the Rings yep, or watched yep, the movies, yep. which pretty much all of you guys have. If you haven't, I don't know what to tell you, man. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, so um, the king of Arnor had fallen behind, um, or not behind, had fallen, been fallen for thousands of years by the time of the War of the Ring broke out, uh, but nor- the northern forces did participate in the war. Uh, Aragorn, <laughs> it's so weird to say Aragorn. I know, yeah. Aragorn participated in the Heir of Isildur, um, the Heir of Isildur, and there were several hundred of them operating during the conflict. Um, a company of the... <coughs> of this accompanied Aragorn through the paths of the dead and during the attack on Umbarn on Unbar not Barn Unbar yeah. uh which captured the Corsair fleet they participated at the last battle fighting under his banner at the battle of Morinun yeah Morinun where Sauron was finally thrown down Sauron threw it down there at that battle man he <laughs> he threw it back and threw it down threw dude. it back that's awesome um, yeah, and then there was other little conflicts and stuff, including um, the battle fought in the Shire between Saruman, yep. Saruman's ruffians, and the Hobbit militia forces. That's cool. Hobbit militia. militia. HMF. Yeah, the Hobbit militia, because they were a uh, political mm-hmm. uh, group. They were so. a small, independent political group. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that was the last battle fought in the War of the Ring. Isn't that crazy that that battle was what came, came all the way to the Shire? Yeah, that technically was the end yeah. of the War of the Ring. Full circle, dude. Dang. Um, and it resulted in the death of Saruman. And you guys all know that. So um, after that, the uh, the kingdom was restored. Woo-hoo. Restoration in the reunited kingdom. Faramir, son of Denethor II, the last ruling steward, presented his rod of the office of the new king and received it back from him. He's like, take my rod. And no, you keep no, it, No, you man. keep it, man. <laughs> no, man, you no, I don't want to touch it, man. Yeah. Keep it. Aragorn II then was crowned by Gandalf and as King Elisar, uh, refounded, refounded the kingdom of Arnor as part of the reunited kingdom and made uh, Anuminas. Anuminas, thanks, dude. Anuminas, yeah. his new capital city. Uh, he was wed to Arwen, as oh. we all know. You see it at the end. Yeah. Of, you see it at the end of the movies. I'm not gonna go too in depth in this because it's part of the books, it's part of the movies, it's part of the everything. Buddy, part of it, you know, part of it. <coughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, wait, let me, so after the fall of Sauron, Arno was safe again in the res- uh, for the resettlement of men. 
and although it remained less populated than Gondor in the south, in the time Ornor became more densely populated, a more densely populated region again. So they had more people per square acre, probably. Dang, that's good. Um, even if it had dwindled in size due to the independence of the Shire, the area encompassed encompassed by the reunited kingdom now encompassed the territory of the two kingdoms at their greatest extent. In the north, this included the land between the River Loon and the Misty Mountains, and in the south, all the land between the Dunland in the west to the far Harad southwards to Rune in the east. Uh, not not Rune, R-U-I-N, but R-H-U with a teepee on it. Yeah. And that's not what it's called. It's not called a teepee, but that's what I'm calling it. I don't it. know what it's called. Um, and then the Reborn Kingdom continued into the Fourth Age. Um, and that's what happened. Sick. Yeah. yeah. I was uh, <coughs> thinking, too, um, Aragorn, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, was named King Elisar. And then I remembered this uh, little fact, uh, his house name. Um, so, like, all of his heirs would be a part of this house. Uh, was called uh, Telkantar, which means strider in the Elvish language. Oh, wow. Yeah. Strider. Yeah. So it's kind of just a little fun, mm-hmm. little fun thing he did for the hobbits. He's like, you guys call me strider. I'm going to make it my house name. Boom. Yeah. I feel like we really hit on something with this Aragorn thing. Yeah. You know, it's sounding better the more I say it. Aragorn? Aragorn. Yeah. It, so- it sounds natural. Yeah, you never... It's it's not something you think about with... Because, like, Tolkien came up with this language. Yeah. So, obviously, he knew the pronunciation. But right, yeah. We, people don't really speak Elvish, so yeah. you had just read it. Yeah. I won't, well, actually, because I know there are some recordings of Tolkien uh, uh, reading some of his works. I wonder if he ever reads anything that has to do with Aragorn. Um, you know what? I'll look it up and if because maybe he does pronounce it aragorn and if, which is why everyone uses aragorn if he does then i'll put it in this episode a recording of him saying it so then we know for sure yeah, but yeah. right now we're sticking with aragorn yeah it's a shame he's still not alive to tell us yeah what a shame what a he should have never died he should have never died too young dude too young i don't know how old he was uh, let's he look was at it too young he was just like one of the chieftains who had died a premature death yeah he had to have been in his 80s right Wait, uh, l- l- wait, did you, can you see it? The I don't know his age. I can see the dates. Okay, don't, let's just take a guess. Stop looking at the dates, Grant. Take your eyes off the dates. Let's take a guess. And then. I've already looked at the dates, though. Oh. You, you make a guess. Um, 80 and I, 86. I'll give you hints along the way. 86. Uh, 86. I don't actually have his age that he died on here, but I have the dates, so. Let's do the math. Let's do the math. Born in 1892, died in 1973. So he was a seventy nine. Dang. Or eighty uh, one. I don't know. So okay, wait. Eighteen ninety two. And died what year? Nineteen nineteen seventy three. Nineteen seventy three. That's eighty. Eighty one. Yeah. Dang. So you said eighty six. Eighty six. So you're yeah. five years off. Yeah. Oh, man. I was thinking. I thought he did make it to his eighties, but I wasn't sure. But yeah. yeah, he did. Congrats to Tolkien, dude, for making it to his 80s. For those of you guys who didn't know, this is the official Wikipedia uh, um, of Tolkien. Uh, description of Tolkien. John Ronald Roll Tolkien was an English writer and philologist. Don't know what that means. I think it's like a language type thing. That makes sense. Uh, he was the author of the high fantasy works The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. And from 1925 to 1945, Tolkien was... Uh, the Rawlinson and Bosworth Professor of Anglo-Saxon 
and a fellow of Pembroke College, both at the University of Oxford. So that's just a little something for you guys. A philologist, I was right, is a person who engages in philology, historical linguistics. So not just language. Yeah. Old language. Um, Wait, hold on. While, uh, whoa. What was that? Let's see. trying to see if there is a video where he pronounces Aragorn or Aragorn I'm bad I'm so sorry Aragorn <coughs> great well it's been like five minutes since we changed it you should know it by now okay this isn't from Tolkien himself but this is a website called how to pronounce <laughs> uh, let's turn my volume up okay Aragorn um, okay let's hear it uh, no, it, you know what? No, it's, it's because not, it's not an official website. It's just a how to pronounce. It's Aragorn, and there's also Ariador, which are spelled completely different. Yeah, it's different starting, <laughs> which is why they're probably. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but Aragorn and Ari, Air, Aragorn, Ariador. I don't know, man. There were this Aragorn. Aragorn's name is starting to fall apart into shambles because we broke it down. I like Aragorn. It sounds cool. Yeah, Aragorn just sounds weird now. Yeah. Aragorn. I know in the Silmarillion at the very end, there's that pronunciation thing uh, that kind of goes through it. I don't know if it's... Oh, in Unfinished Tales? It might be. I don't think so. But, um... No. No notes on pronunciation. Dang. Okay. Well, that'll be it. Yeah, that'll be it. Oh, do you have any trivia? Did you think of anything? Um, let me see. I'm just going to quick go through my notes and then, um... Okay, here's one. Okay, for um, sure, for sure. I don't know if this is going to be easy or hard. What During what season did the Great Plague come into? Oh, uh, was it, w- it was winter, right? Yes. Yeah. I'll give you a bonus point if you can say what year it was within 10 years. Oh. Greater or lower. A 10-year span. Nineteen. No, it wasn't in the. It 19th. was early. It was earlier. Yeah, it was. This oh. is, remember, this is. This oh, happened right. right after you left. Yeah. Off. Okay. Um. Sixteen fifty. Oh, you were so close. Sixteen, uh, thirty-five. Oh. If you would have said forty-five, I would have given I it to you. I was fifteen years. It's okay, away. you already beat me. Dang. With one. Let me find a That's second. That's pretty one. good. Um. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Uh. This is a, uh, a weird ASMR for you guys. Yeah. Uh, Thinking ASMR. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, huh. <laughs> um. Hmm. Huh. <coughs> what? What? Oh, that's going to be too easy. Where that's is my mind? <laughs> okay. Um. Here. <laughs> this one is a one, two, three, four parter. Four points. Whoa. Four points. Okay. Okay. But if you get any of them, I'll be... What are the four seasons of the year? No. Oh. Um, Elrond was brought the heirlooms of the House of Isildur. What are uh, the four heirlooms? Okay, so the Shards of Narsil. Yes. Right? Yes. Ring of Bar here, I yep. know. Uh, what are the other two? Uh, oh, it was um, uh, the Star of Elendil, mm-hmm. right? Good, good, good. Um, He's going to do it. Yeah, it was something... It was, it was heirlooms of Isildur. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's the sword, the ring, 
the star. Oh, and then the uh, the scepter of uh, Anumina. Yes. Yeah. Wow. The king's scepter. There we go. Good job, Grant. Got it. Woohoo! Woo woo. Yeah. So that's all we have for Arnor. Yeah, man. Um, it's really interesting. You probably I didn't even know about Arnor. Yeah, I mean, like it's, it's in like I heard of it. Yeah. I heard about it, but. You know, I wasn't. It's very, it's not talked about a lot. And then it's got a lot of stuff about it, actually. We're trying to bring it to the light. It's not talked about. We're There's trying a lot to of history. Bring to awareness. It. Um, and it's Arnor. actually pronounced Arnor. Uh, <laughs> Arnor. <laughs> um, no. But yeah. It's so, pronounced Arnor. Arnor. Yeah, it's kind of Arnor. split in two. Arnor. But um, yeah, so that's all we got in Arnor. We'll probably, we'll probably do one on Gondor, but that might be like a two-parter because there's a two lot part. in Gondor. Two-parter. Um, but... As per uh, listener request, uh, next next episode we're gonna be doing a um, an episode, obviously, yeah. on uh, Moria or Khazad Doom and a little bit Doom. about the dwarves of Durin's folk. That's a kingdom, right? Uh, yeah. So, so yeah, boom. We're I guess keeping this kingdom. We're basically series. our theme right now is just kind of different kingdoms of Middle Earth. So yeah, we did Arnor. We'll probably do Gondor pretty soon. Uh, anyways, yeah. So that's uh, that's it. This is a real quick goodbye. Let's say goodbye. One, two, three. Goodbye.